it's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the man who wonders why British food all sounds sexual, like bangers and mash and spotted dick. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the road warrior hawk to my road warrior animal. Well, it's Greg. What's up, Greg? I mean, you you stopped on it. What am I supposed to say now? Well, what a rush. What was the point of taking the well? Supposed to do well? What a rush. What a rush is the end. The well is the opening. Yeah. It's kind of ruined. I guess I could have said, tell him, Greg. A lot of stuff you could have said, but you messed it up. But that's not an omen. Well, I definitely had to take Animal because he's the Ohio State fan. So today we're talking about a show that I honestly had never seen before from start to finish. Uh, so this was a first watch for me all the way through. And I'm really like, I, I liked it this time, uh, but I'm also disappointed that I've never seen it before uh, all the way through. So should have been one of them that I got on VHS as a kid from the, from the video store back when Blockbuster was a thing. What's a video? Yeah, everybody, everybody go throw it in your Google machine, VHS and Blockbuster, and tell me what kicks back at you. <laughs> but it's funny that we're covering this one. I mean, it is 30 years in the past, but like you and I have talked about, Clash at the Castle is uh, coming up here soon, and it's the first WWE pay-per-view that has taken place in uh, England in 30 years. Well, yeah, pay-per-view, right? Yep. Yeah, because I mean, it's not I mean, a pay per view, it's a premium live event, but you know, whatever. Oh, well, uh, yeah, excuse me. <laughs> and that's like you and I had talked about. That's not a WWE thing. That's not a Vince ism. That is an actual, like, because like, uh, uh, Peacock actually uses that phrase. So I think that's just like an industry thing, or maybe it's an NBC thing. I, I don't know. It does sound kind of cool. It still baffles me that there are people that pay money for pay per view still. It's still, it's still a thing. People still, still drop 60, 70 bucks on pay-per-view. Does Sunshine. WWE still put their stuff on pay-per-view? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know if they officially pulled it off. still buy it. Wow. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, I think Jim Cornette, uh, talk about the premium live event thing, I think Jim Cornette, as far as I know, he still plunks down money every freaking month for, for pay-per-view. WWE. He buys, he, he buys on Peacock, but the other shows he does. Yeah, like AEW. I only know I that because he calls it "quote unquote" the cock. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, he has to be watching on there, right? He wouldn't be saying that otherwise. Why would he be talking about it? Also, well, he I said know. his wife 
wife knows how to set it up for him. She set up she set up Bleacher Report for him for ROH. So. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, finally, somebody. Yeah, because he was talking about. Oh, I don't have the, none of that damn smart TV. Whatever. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, uh, just talking about uh, what, what do you call it? Sucks. Uh, what, what's that one? Uh, you know, you know. got. But the wait, what? Here's the internet you have. Which one do you have? Spectrum. Spectrum. Man, he yeah, went on okay. a long tangent, tangent about how much they suck, and he's dropping them and getting rid of them and never going back. They're a piece of crap. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard a good thing from anybody except for you, honestly. Everybody say, told me, stay the hell away from them. Pay the premium for Comcast. It's totally worth this. All right. Yeah, it depends on your area. I It, it really, it really really does. Same thing with Comcast. I've heard, because like, uh, we had a mutual friend out in New York that had Comcast, and he said it uh, after like two months, he dropped them because it was so god-awful, he never got a signal. So, And he said he had the he had the guys out at his house like once a week for two months until finally he said, just take all your crap back. I'm switching. It seems like calls wow. me monthly to switch over. I yeah. agree with worse. Oh, they're awful. Yeah. So. I have their phone service. It's great, but yeah, I wouldn't use their, uh, their cable or satellite, whatever the hell it is. Unless you're willing to pay us. We're losing sponsors know, here, it, that we don't have. <laughs> unless you're willing to pay us. And then in that case, you have the greatest service of all time. And I will gladly. I, I will talk highly of their cell phone service. I've never, knock on wood, had a problem with my cell phone. Like maybe yeah. once a year when they have like an outage or something, which happens to any cell phone company. But right. other than that, it's been cases. Hey, who does a man have to orally gratify around here to get a sponsorship? All right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, that easy window alone. <laughs> speaking of which. We're going to pause right quick to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great-tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code, MAINEVENTMARKS. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. It's MAINEVENTMARKS, all one word for 15% off your order. We're going to take our first break right here. On the other end of this, we're going to get into all the news and notes. Luckily, because last week we had three stories surrounded death, which was like, I, I think that's a new record for us. Not a good record, but a new record. Uh, but this week, wow. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? No, I, you're not. It's just like, wow, that's, we have a statistic yeah. for that. That's. Kind I of disgusting way, but almost two and a half I, years we've been doing this podcast. No one's laughing at it. Though. I'm just saying. Oh like, yeah, it was, it's not a comedic way. It's just like, uh, wow. It's, <laughs> it's like it's it's sad. It's like wow. There were three. Uh, I mean, you didn't know who the missing link was, but uh, you know Brian Adams and Carl. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I went names. back and looked, and I've seen him before. By the way, oh, okay. Quick little. I didn't know that I had seen him before, but I did see him before. So yeah. He had a cup of coffee in the WWF back in the day, so. Uh, and you know, I took out myself on the back, but I was completely right. They did model the uh, the Zodiac after him, clear as day. <laughs> Not that I'm proud to know that, but. Yeah, if, I got that thing uh, from Reeside, by the way. Don't ask me why, but I like the obscure ones. So. Of all the of, of all the the you know old school guys to model a, a character after, you know the missing link man. But either way, yeah, it's all all three of them passing away, you know, with between late 
July to you know mid August is freaking nuts. It's and and this was not long after, by the way, the Benoit tragedy, just like a couple months before Which that, or a month and a half before that. The last couple of shows we did, because man, you know how to pick I know. them up. Yeah, 2007 was full of a lot of death, but thank God, no death on this one. So, full of a lot of death, but thank God we're away from that. A lot of fun. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, well, we are starting off with a controversy, but uh, we'll get into all that on the other side of this break in the news and notes right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. 
Just to let you know, the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks. It gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. News and notes time. This is the controversy I was talking about. You'll probably know what I'm referring to here with this. Uh, Pat Patterson is back in the WWF again. Oh, God, yes. In his old position. Wow, took two seconds. Okay. <laughs> uh, to the shock of no one, WWF actually had lawyers circulating backstage for the past few weeks asking, would you have a problem with Pat Patterson returning to the company? Uncle Dave notes that pretty much everyone knew that Vince's mind was already made up, so their answers really didn't matter. Wow, even back then it was the same. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just... I really don't. I mean, back here, like, if you read these stories and stuff and the way people talk about it, like, everybody makes it seem like, oh, well, Pat was definitely in on it and whatever. If, if nobody knows what we're talking about, he got roped in to, supposedly, he got roped into it hadn't, and he wasn't involved in this ring boy controversy where these guys that would help set up the rings, the ring boys, quote unquote, uh, would be abused and kind of uh, sexually assaulted by a couple of the agents and since pat patterson was gay and it was known that he was gay he kind of got roped into it according to people like bruce pritchard and who said he had nothing to do with it that you know he just his name got thrown in the hat so that's horrible yeah and i mean i don't know this is this is the only thing i've heard about like ever since i tend to believe he didn't have anything to do with it because after this his name was never attached to anything else ever. You'd think if he had... And how the hell did he not go to jail or something? Yeah. Come on, man. Well, and, and you'd think if he had a, uh, a leaning towards that kind of behavior, that it wouldn't just all of a sudden stop. Those kind of people don't usually just clean, it, clean themselves up all of a sudden and just no, never do anything. Point. Think about that. Yeah. Most, most repeat offenders, yeah. Most are repeat offenders. Yeah, especially with sexual stuff like that. If you're like, if if you got, if you're a sexual deviant like that, and you're gonna assault people, usually it's it's not once, it's multiple times. That's why you know if you don't get caught once, you'll get you'll get caught down the line. And usually, when one person comes out and accuses you, multiple people come out after that because yeah, well, yeah. it's like it's like Tell yeah, them about it. Tell them about it, Cleveland. <laughs> wow. I mean, look, well, to be fair, this is a lot different. He didn't do any. Well, I mean, he did something wrong, but he didn't rape anybody. I'll, you know, I'll say that. Yeah. But look at Kevin. Spacey. For those who don't know, for those who don't know, we're talking about Deshaun Watson. Right. Uh, well, look at the. I mean, look at Kevin Spacey now. Like various people popped up ever since the first person that accused him is like, yeah, he uh, did this kind of crap all the no. time. It just got kept quiet. Say, uh, what's his name? What's his name too? Uh, the older comedian. Cosby. Was that him oh, too? yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Some people still maintain that he did nothing. And it's like, 
I, you like you can maintain that after so long when it's like when there's like a mountain of evidence it's like how do you still keep saying it's like i don't know i don't, I don't want to get into it but still it's just good lord either way just keep your pants guys go, go to vegas okay you can buy a hooker it's legal out there okay just go yeah Jeez. right and you can't tell me bill cosby didn't have the money and the fame but the it's, not that, it's not that difficult man just go to vegas for one night just a night well, sell your wild oats, whatever. Well, now, uh... You can fish for Eddie too. Oh. Well, now, now you hear that that uh, stuff from Eddie Murphy. Now, you know, that, that you ever hear that, that joke he did where we talking about Bill Cosby called him up and tell him he didn't like that he, he uh, <sighs> was during his stand-up routine and he called Richard Pryor to complain about it. And Richard, Richard Pryor was like, uh, do you make the people laugh? He's like, yeah. And he's like, well, then tell Bill to have a Coke and a smile and shut the F up. <laughs> Oh, man. Yep. Who would have thought out of those three guys, Bill Cosby would have been the worst one? <laughs> Did you ever see that one meme of, of Cosby and the dad from Seventh Heaven and Al Bundy? And it said, after all these years, who would have figured Al Bundy was the model father? <laughs> right? He's America's dad out of those three. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, holy crap, he's so right. <laughs> I know. Good lord. I forgot about that crap. Yeah. So those are the funniest memes ever. The ones that are like hilarious, but like like truly hilarious. Like just true. Yeah. It's like wow. Yep. Sad but true. Yep. Uh, but uh, the main impetus b- behind bringing Pat Patterson back uh, appears to be the house show numbers and TV ratings, both of which are falling to scary historical lows without Pat. Uh, although Tom Cole, who don't I, I have no idea who the hell that is, uh, returned That's to his my ring. Little brother, our big brother. Everyone knows that. Wow. Oh, okay. Uh, it kind of I, I, here. Uh, it says uh, Tom Cole was a ring boy, apparently. Okay. He, uh, he was one of the accusers, I guess. It says, uh, although Tom okay, Cole. I, re- I, made the joke. I want to point that out right now. <laughs> wow. Uh, although Tom know. Cole returned to his ring boy position, thanks to the settlement that included Terry Garvin and Mel Phillips being banned from the WWF forever. Gone forever, bro. Terry Garvin, really? Uh, Terry, yep. Terry Garvin was. Like one of the main offenders, I guess. Uh, Patterson's name wasn't specifically included in the list, although Pat was mentioned by many other accusers being a part of the ring of harassment, including Paul Roma, Lord Littlebrook, Murray Hod- Hodgson, and Barry Orton. All right, uh, I want to pause and say you mentioned Lord Littlebrook. People yeah. don't know who that is. Do you know who that is, DJ? <laughs> yeah, wasn't he a. Uh, uh, one of the British, I'm gonna say, this is what they were called, uh, the British midget wrestlers. I don't know if he was British, but yes, yes. Pretty sure because it was, yes. you know, Lord uh, Littlebrook, so. Okay, that probably, I never actually be said together now. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, it's like, sweet, so he was involved in this? Uh, I guess he was harassed. I don't know if sexually, but oh, yeah. He was harassed. Oh, I thought he was doing it. No, no, no. Uh, okay. the, he was one of the okay. accusers. Gotcha. gotcha, okay. So obviously, we know they're wrong. We know, right? Uh, we know who Paul Roma is. Um, yeah, don't, yeah. Oh, yeah. And after all this, he goes join the Horsemen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, maybe so I don't know. it says uh, Pat was mentioned by many other accusers as being a part of the ring of harassment, including. Hmm. Okay, so maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't. I, 
the way this story is is worded confuses me because I'm like, okay, so are these the accusers or the accused? Because it says Paul Roma, Lord Littlebrook, Murray Hogson, and Barry Orton. I mean, I I don't know. I don't want to put words, but uh, accusers. I feel like Paul Roma would have been singing that like the Liberty Bell today if he accused somebody. Yeah, right. So maybe so, maybe they were the accused. So I don't. Okay, I don't then know. I want to go back to. The little guy is one of the ones that did this? Yeah, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I'm sorry. Well, I'm not trying to be funny, but it's like real. I've never heard of a little person being accused of sexual like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not trying to be funny. It just sounds weird. It does. I don't know. I'm trying to be, trying to be careful here. I don't want to offend anybody. It's, just, it's weird. Well, in fact, Gorilla Monsoon referred to someone as, quote, a student of the Terry Garvin School of Self-Defense. Uh, and that was generally a code for something more, if you catch my drift. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Uncle Dave's feeling is if it's... Oh, God. <laughs> his feeling is that it's a pretty scummy move on Vince's part, and if Pat had never done anything wrong, then he never would have resigned, and Vince would have never let him resign. Oh, BS, dude. When you get accused of something, you have to resign and get it hashed out. We all know that. It's the same way in 2022. Yeah. Like, you step down, you let it, or you let it, everything cool down, cool off, then you can come back at a later time. Go learn a new hole. Yeah, right. Pat was apparently, you know, uh, just invaluable from everything. I, just like, I think last week I was listening to one of Eric Bischoff's podcast and he said something about it. he's like you know people might not believe me but he's like back in the 90s you know uh people are like oh if you could have stole anybody away from the wwf but you know he's like uh, it's not austin it's not undertaker it's not michaels i mean yeah those would have been cool whatever but he's like it would have been pat patterson they were never really lacking on talent so i can believe that yeah yeah because he was like pat patterson knew finishes he knew angles. He knew he's like he he knew how to set up a match. I mean, Pat Patterson was the one who figured out how to do the damn Royal Rumble and taught everybody. So I mean, Pat Patterson's fingerprints are all over the WWF. So there you go. Uh, as mentioned earlier, yeah, though, it's funny. He never knew what Zack Ryder was all about. What the what the hell is the woo and the woo and the woo? What the hell is <laughs> seriously? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. That was the woo yeah, and the I woo never... and the woo. <laughs> of course, he I didn't never say the it. hell. He's a bit, he's a more colorful word, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I I never I I never gave a damn about Zack Ryder until like I think it was when he came back with the after the internet title thing, whatever. And it was like, all right, he's a geek, whatever. It's like I kind of dig it. But before that, I was just like, dude, he's so effing lame. Like, he comes out in the see-through shirt, and he's got, he does the woo-woo-woo, you know it. He's got, like, the half... The one uh, pant leg? Yeah, the one pant leg. I think, like, what the F is this dude about, man? Take care, spike your hair, like... Uh, so stupid. Now look at him. I know, right? Something millionaire. Yep, and he's got one of the hottest wives on the face of the earth. <sighs> Uh, as He's mentioned earlier, mark my words. Yep, oh, I'm sure. As mentioned earlier, ratings and house show numbers are just completely in the toilet for the WWF in August, with the SummerSlam preview show doing record lows for a pay-per-view preview on USA. 
the house show numbers also dropped significantly from July as well. It's worth noting, by the way, this is like the first like long run without Hogan. Yeah. So they're feeling I mean, it. You know, clearly, they didn't have a contingency when he left. Yeah, and I mean, who who they had on top was a fine placeholder, but it still wasn't. When you have player, Macho Man, Smooth Warrior, it's not a bad trio. The Undertaker, right. you can count to. Um, yeah, he wasn't necessarily on top, but yeah. He really yeah. never was about it, but you always have to have him in the background. But I mean, even if he was on top, he wasn't on top. Think about it. <laughs> he wasn't ever, quote unquote, the top guy. Yeah, so. I don't know. Now, speaking of the Ultimate Warrior, though, uh, the Ultimate Warrior finally oh, got. Oh, yeah. He finally got the hint. <laughs> right. He finally got the hint that everyone knew that he was being allowed to pass steroid tests. So he's taken to wearing a bodysuit with muscles painted on it to hide his shame as he gets off the juice. Uh, did, did, did Uncle Dave say this? Well, uh, yeah. Uh, Uncle Dave I think, Bruce said, I think Bruce said he did it as a way to change it up. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, like, oh, Bruce said it, therefore it is, but I don't know. Here's my thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was smaller, but... <sighs> He was still ripped. Like, what was there to be ashamed of? He was never in bad shape. So, I mean, whatever. Well, I guess you go from looking like, uh, I don't know, Schwarzenegger to, I don't know, someone buff and smaller than Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Stallone. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, see. Yeah. Like well, uh, Uncle Dave talked to a lot of people who still think that SummerSlam can do a buy rate in the mid-twos because there's a lot of buzz about which corner Mr. Perfect will end up in. Spoiler! Nope. <laughs> Not quite. There's more of that. We might get into that. Yeah. Well, I don't know Yossi. if you have that in the notes. Do you about what's supposed to happen? Um... Think so. Well, so, from my knowledge, what it was supposed to be was Warrior was going to turn heel, but they're going to be in his corner. Oh, he refused no. to do it. So then huh. it didn't happen. Then it just fell flat. Wow. Okay, then. I can't confirm or deny that. It's just something I heard. I don't know if it's true or not. No, this is what happened. I was there. I'm not one of those. But I'm not Brian Williams. But, come on, pull, pull an Uncle Dave. You heard it from a rooster who was in the booking meeting, all right? <laughs> Lies. I think he was uh, in the uh, York Foundation over in WCW at the time, so no. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I bet you feel stupid. He was still there, <laughs> alright. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> the right, well, made you... Second pod in a row, by the way, we mentioned that. I'll point that out. Right. Well, okay, well then you heard it from the other biggest nephew, the, you know, the Woo Man himself. <sighs> Look, I love Ric Flair. I think he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, but there's a reason why Uncle Dave never crapped on him in the Wrestling Observer. All right. All right. Like, let's be honest. There's a reason why he, he paid, always knew. He paid, what was going on. Every he paid for a bar tab or two every time. paid for a bar tab or two every time he came to California. So there you go. And I'm sure, I'm sure he bought Uncle Dave a, a big old glass of milk. <laughs> oh, man. 
Teddy DiBiase has indeed spoken with WCW, but Uncle Dave doesn't know his current contract situation. Spoiler, he's not going there anytime soon. Meanwhile... He will be an integral part of our bonus episode this week, though, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, right. Uh, meanwhile, Bret or Hart... Or next week. May- Sorry. Next Wherever week. the hell we are. <laughs> meanwhile, Bret Hart may or may not have spoken to WCW, but there might be fire behind that smoke because his contract has some kind of negotiation clause coming due in a few days. Uh, that one, I, I, I don't so know. So this happened twice? Or rumored to happen twice? I guess so. Uh, Bischoff wasn't even close to in charge at this point, so he wouldn't have known. This no, no. Uh, it was Pizza Hut. Oh, no, this, yeah, this was Watts. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Heard was out of there by 91? Maybe? 90? 90, 91? Something like that. But yeah. Uh, however, Ryder is gone because of Heard, so it's within this era right here. Yeah, okay, so it was 91. He was still in charge. Yeah. Uh, but Heard was gone by the end of 91. I remember that. Uh, however, Ric Flair, speaking of him, it, Ric Flair is going nowhere, and that's a certainty. Well, I know you said he's in the 93 Rumble, um, but he's not he's at the next the WrestleMania. No, that's his last night. Oh, okay. Okay, so in binge-watching back 93, this is something I realized. Okay, he was in the Rumble, but then the next night, he lost a loser leaves WWE match to Henning. The infamous match yeah. he lost to Henning, he's not worth it anymore. And yeah. the thing well, is, though, they taped that. that Raw. They taped that Raw ahead of time. So... He's already been gone. He's in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> oh, wow. So, well, watching so I'm sure back, that... it, watching okay. it back, they don't mention Yokozuna wins the Royal Rumble. They kind of mention the way in the footnote. It's like, they don't wow. even talk about the Rumble at all the whole show. So, so I wonder if they knew. Yeah, I don't know. But... That part I couldn't well, even begin to tell you. Well, what's, well that, that, that's kind of funny then. So I wonder if the people who were at that Raw are watching the Rumble and they're like, the hell is he doing here? That's exactly what I thought. Yep. I thought we just saw him lose, and he's gone, right? Yeah, right. What's he doing in the Rumble? Continuity, anyway. pal. <laughs> God dang it, pal. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is what I was, I teased this last week. Conan was fired by the WWF before he even got started. <laughs> no, people don't know. That's Max Moon, man. Yeah. The relationship with AAA went south, and Conan's Lucha Libre style wasn't their fit. However, the nail in his coffin turned out uh, turned out to be uh, Paul Diamond standing around backstage during a blow-up between Conan and Vince McMahon, as Paul <laughs> remarked off as Paul remarked offhandedly that he could probably fit into the robot suit. And Bob's your uncle. All of a sudden, he's playing Max Moon, and Conan is gone. Holy crap! Yeah, right. This stuff. Uh, uh, hey, I'll, I'll be your robot, Vince. God dang it, pal. I'll make him fly. <laughs> oh, man. Make a, make sparklers come out of his ass. They came out of his hands. Shut up. <laughs> it would have been better if they came out of his ass. Come on. How's that never been a figure? It was like something Mattel would make. Right? They made the freaking Shockmaster. How'd they not make Max Moon? Or Glacier. Shockmaster wasn't even a WWE thing either. I know. Either way, Vince McMahon and Jerry Jarrett, well, huh, 
have come to a working relationship. <laughs> They've come to a working relationship so that USWA will become a feeder system of sorts for the WWF. Vince had been trying for years to establish a similar relationship with Stampede Wrestling, but they went out of business before it could be set up. In return for the uh, in return for the financial consideration, Jerry Jarrett will get to promote shows in Memphis for Vince and use USWA talent on them. Vince will send green talent and stale mid-carters, while Jarrett gets to have his top guys jerking the curtain for WWF shows before the real stars come out. <laughs> well, you know, huh, Vince, I was thinking, well, uh, you know, huh. Never gets a lot. Uh, well, the situation in Mexico went south in a hurry. Uh, well, I bet it did. Uh, with the Is that a pun? Yeah, yeah, I guess it, yeah, a little bit. Uh, with the Wrestlers Union, currently supported by EMLL and UWA, calling for a boycott of all non-union wrestlers, which means AAA, and many smaller arenas are already caving into the pressure for their uh, own livelihood. So, so, yeah, I can see that. so basically that means AAA is not in the union, so they can't book shows. If I remember correctly, UWA mostly booked um, oh God, bull bullfighting rings, whatever or arenas, whatever, and they would literally put their ring in the center of like the bullfighting ring. <laughs> wow, was he any more I, Mexican than that? I, yeah, I know, right? Uh, they they sell cervezas on the way on the you, way in. Bet you some of my ancestors went to at least one of those shows. <laughs> they sell uh, fried corn on the cob on a stick on the way in and get your cerveza on your way to your seat. Here you go. That's about as Mexican as you can get. Anyway, uh, now to the WCW side of things. Flash of the Champions 20, which is uh, all the 20th anniversary of wrestling on TBS, takes place on September 2nd with the main event of R uh, Ron Simmons versus Cactus Jack and Steve Austin versus Ricky Steamboat for the TV title. I remember that was a pretty decent show, but do we have it on the docket. We do not. Uh, I think this is. Didn't you say it was Austin who ended up injuring Ricky Steamboat and costing him his career? I don't know if that happens here, but it is that he doesn't really he doesn't really do it. He falls off the second rope like onto his ass and hurts his back or something like that. But I don't think it's his match. I also want to say it's for the United States title. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's okay. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's for the U.S. title. Yeah. I know Austin and because Steve I know had he had good matches. Uh, bash, headlines Beach Blast or something like that. Yeah. No, nah, no, no. It was a Spring Stampede against Flair, like the last time. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that, but it's definitely 1984 before Halloween comes. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, although WWF house show business is awful, WCW is way up recently thanks to a gimmick where children enter for free with an adult an adult ticket. Numbers have jumped from 1,000 or so all the way up to 4,000 and up. Roll Tide. Uh, 5 o'clock somewhere. Well, and it's 5 o'clock here. Uh, although many of those are free, by the way. But, however, the family-heavy crowds have been enthusiastic and a major positive for the company. 
Also, Ron Simmons winning the world title seems to have juiced the numbers a little bit. Although, Jake Roberts is getting a huge babyface reaction everywhere he goes, which isn't exactly what they wanted. Okay. First thing I got, I don't want to like, I guess this might just be semantics, but how do you account for a freebie, like kids, with adults and not like run out of seats? You know what I mean? Yeah, Do you right. put it ahead of time? Like, I'm buying one ticket and I have two kids with me or whatever. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Because no, it's like... It's curious. Yeah, because, like, what What if a Catholic family shows up with, like, ten kids? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa. Now, if it was on Saturday, they wouldn't be a Jewish family because they're at synagogue, so... Yeah, right. They can't even watch you on TV either because they can't, they can't use <laughs> electronics that day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But either way, uh, this next one, man, this is the most Bill Watts story I have on the entire docket. So strap in. That's saying something. <laughs> despite, <laughs> the num- <laughs> despite the numbers sucking a little less, morale has never been lower in WCW. If any of the wrestlers. It's like stuff sucking. People are miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, many of the wrestlers spoke unanim- er, anonymously to Mike Mooneyham, basically saying that Bill Watts is destroying everything that the company slowly built over the past few years, and everything is going to, or and everyone is going to leave for the WWF when their contracts are up. So Watts flipped the hell out on everyone at the next TV taping and demanded that anyone who has a problem with him to speak up, because <sighs> you know that's professional. Uh, I- I want to right. I want to know the roster here, and if anyone did, show, I can't think of anybody of notes leaving today at this time. Now, no. Flair's already there. Or, I guess Luger would eventually. Yeah, Luger's about to. Yeah, yeah, Luger's about to tell him to f off. Uh, actually, actually, no, I take that back. I think Luger's already there. He's just not there. There, he's in the WBF. He just has the motorcycle. So he's already gone. Um, oh God, yeah. I don't know. Well. I have, to look, I have to look it up, but I don't remember anybody of note debuting in 90, late 92. No. I mean, what? wait, 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 hold on. Was Diamond Stud there? I think he might be one. Scott Hall. He's about to debut. He might be one. No. Yeah, he's, he's Diesel's about to go. Way out. He's about to pull the old swerve. And I'm done swerve, with wrestling. Bro. Surprise, on Raw. Okay, Hall Nash, yeah, you right. probably put them on there. I'm just guessing. Don't hold me to this, people. I'm just guessing, but... That's two big ones, actually, well, if you ask me, considering what they go on to do. Yeah, so, right. there you go. Well, Nikita Koloff did speak up, pointing Jack out the stupid... Sorry, there's another one. Who? El Gigante. Jenkins. Oh, loss. yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. What a loss. <laughs> I'm just saying he's on the list. Uh, if I remember any more, I won't interrupt. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, sure they were, I'm sure they were crying over that one. <laughs> What are we going to do without El Gigante? We, we based our, our next year on that where we were building the Starcade on him. Anyway. Okay, I will say El Gigante was better than Jan Gonzalez, but not by much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, Nikita Koloff did speak up, pointing out the stupidity of the rule that everyone has to stay until the end of every show because guys like to get out a little early and spend time with their families now and then. Bill allegedly responded with something akin to "fuck you." Wrestlers don't get to have a family life. Lovely. Yeah. So 
wow. I guess they all they all have to be miserable pricks like you. It's amazing how much it starts to show just when he talks. Yep. I just like I don't get it, man. Like I've heard that sometimes he had a smart mind for the business in certain situations, but like he was such a miserable prick. Mm-hmm. And like I don't think I've Jim, ever heard anyone besides Jim Ross say you could think about him. Jim Cornette liked him. Well, I mean, and that right there should tell you a lot. <laughs> Jim Cornette talked talk about, about miserable, but yeah, right. Jim Cornette talked about when he uh, when when Watts quit uh, WWF unceremoniously. Apparently, and I've you know multiple people have talked about this. If you're working WWF before you buy a place, Vince will actually like, put you up in a like a. Ho- or not a hotel. Uh, well, I'm trying to think. A luxury apartment. Like, yeah, like a like a little apartment. Yeah, for a while. <clears throat> and uh, apparently, on his way out, he he didn't want to wait to leave. Whatever. So he packed all his crap up in the middle of the night and drove his ass back to Oklahoma on his own dime. So whatever. But uh, apparently, on his way out, he took a shot in the corner of the closet and left. Oh, good human being. Yeah, it's like. Okay, so you didn't like the job. Well, whatever, you know, it happens. You know, it sucks. But, it, like, seriously, on the way out, like, when you're quitting your job, after this guy's paid for your living arrangements or whatever, would have paid for you to go back to Oklahoma and live out the rest of your days. You're going to take a dump in the corner of the closet. Like, it's a grown-ass cool. man, folks. Yeah, and not like a young grown ass man. He was like in his sixties at this time. All right, like grandfather age. And they still do something with this kid in the after. <laughs> no, not, nothing notable, but they give him a shot. Yeah. They called him Troy. That's the best they could have done. I would be bragging about that. <laughs> anyway. uh... The most prevalent rumor right now is that Sting is trying to jump to the WWF because he's pissed about losing the WCW title. But Uncle Dave points out that he's at, that he actually has the best contract in all of wrestling, making seven hundred thousand dollars per year plus merch. And man, he probably moved a lot of merch, so I would yeah. bet he was in the millions. Yeah, he probably sold a whole ten shirts a week, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. He probably did sell quite a bit of merch back then. He's probably the only one there that sold anything. Like, I can't think of anybody else on that damn roster that would have sold anything at this time. Maybe, I mean, well, the Horsemen weren't a thing right now. You got that hot Tom Zink shirt. Oh, Z-Man. Yeah. Well, and the, and the Candyman wasn't around anymore, so there wasn't that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the Steiner brothers, meanwhile, have a contract expiring at the end of the year, and WCW is already lowballing them, so they're likely out of there. And they were. <laughs> New Japan wants to use them, but not as regulars, because people would get bored of them, so that pretty much narrows down the potential destination to one. I have never... Uh, you mean... Like, I-, I can't wrap my mind about uh, like around that. Like, New Japan is, in 1992 is saying, oh, we don't want to use the Steiner Brothers too much, because people will get bored of them. <laughs> like, what? Oh, they had Dr. Death on every show. Yeah, Dr. Death and Terry Gordy and 
and I'm not crapping on on them per se. And I know they've passed away or whatever. And I know they did cool stuff in Japan, had good matches. But I, good lord, the effing Steiner brothers are gonna bore people. Like, give me a break. That would be the reason I would watch, honestly. Yeah, right. Like some of the guys they had there, it's like they might have been really good wrestlers, but I mean, the Steiners were no slouches. At least they had some colorful gear to. It's like, oh, look at these, you know, big muscle guys that can fly around and wrestle and suplex and whatever else. Not one, not one, but two time All Americans. And you know where? Uh, I I'm not allowed to say that name. It's it's a law in Ohio. We we uh, we x out certain letters. Uh, Paulie dangerously has a contract until 1994, but Bill Watts has made absolutely no secret about his feelings for Paul and uh, what he wants to happen. Uncle Dave, okay, right there. A guy that's smarter than you, you you don't want him. I I guess I can see that. Wow. Yeah. Well. Well, and this also plays, and I'm not saying this is it. A lot of people don't like Paul for various reasons that are completely justified. But it also plays into the whole, uh, a lot of people say that Bill Watts is a racist. And, um, I mean, Paul Heyman is, you know, a Jew. So, there's that. I never thought of that. Not saying that's it. It couldn't have nothing to do with it whatsoever. Just saying that could be it. Either way. Or it could be that he's from... I don't understand hating somebody because of any reason, but specifically a religion. Like, you shouldn't hate anybody for anything, but religion, really? Religion, skin color, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, hate him because he doesn't pay his talent or rips him off or something, although he hasn't done that yet. But, you know, there's a million reasons, but pick his religion really it's yeah just lazy dude i mean disgusting too but it's just lazy well uncle dave also notes that it's going to be a very touchy and difficult situation if they're trying to get paul to quit because he knows the game extremely well <laughs> you don't <laughs> yeah. say uh cowboy's little vendetta ended up costing wcw a lot of money it's never a good idea to try to break a valid contract with someone who has a lawyer for a father Okay, stereotype alert, but a Jewish lawyer. From New they're York. usually cut. They're usually cutthroat. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> a practicing Jewish lawyer in New York. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, who do you think bailed Paul out of a lot of situations, even during his tenure in ECW? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This one kind of shocked me, I'll I be honest feel with like you. like at some point in the life of this podcast, we need to do a Bill Watts retrospective. Oh, good lord. It's just going to be a lot of uh, racism and terribleness. I mean, the, the reason he named, he renamed Mid-South the UWF, Universal Wrestling Federation, is because he wanted to take a pot shot at the World Wrestling Federation. That's the entire reason for it. Huh. So, pettiness. Because he's like, well, what's bigger than the world? The universe. So we're the Universal Wrestling Federation. Like, cool. Super clever, I guess. Whatever. Is Galaxy bigger than the universe? I'm just uh, thinking about what they're doing in AEW right now because they're calling it the AEW Galaxy. 
God. Like a galaxy fits in the universe. I don't know. I, I forget. Whatever. It's just all stupid. It is. <laughs> uh, this this Bill Watts story actually shocked me though, uh, because of we're still on this for a while. Okay. Yep. Uh, Bill Watts is also said to be getting re- uh, getting ready to fire both Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson when their contracts expire in January to save the four hundred thousand dollars a year between them. So you have a whole roster of people. You're going to cut the two best few wrestlers you have, probably at yeah. that point. Yeah. Right. Okay. And uh, that doesn't happen, by the way, I can tell you, but... Oh. Right. Yeah, I, I, they stay in WCW. Well, now, hold like, on, hold on. Bobby, maybe he might have went to Smoky Mountain. I don't know. I'm going to timeline on that, but... Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, but I know Arn does leave, so... Arn makes some appearances in Smoky Mountain, but I think he's still with WCW at the time. I don't remember. But, well, then if he yeah. did, in fact, leave and do that, I, I, I don't know. He came back quickly. Because he's there with yeah. players back. So. Right. Players on his way back. Well, somebody who's on his way in, Chris Benoit won over the WCW Brass with his match against Jushin Thunder Liger on August 12th, and now Dusty Rhodes wants to bring him in. <laughs> okay, the irony of this is we go from the last couple episodes we had talking about the horrible thing he did to end his life, and now here <laughs> we are at the start of his mainstream wrestling career. <laughs> right. <laughs> We accidentally came full circle. <laughs> and I don't know about you, oh. is it, it's a little shocking to me that the guy who's like the polar opposite from him in wrestling, Dusty Rhodes, is the one who saw him and was like, let's bring him in, baby. Yeah, like, well, maybe he was changing with the times. Maybe people will give him enough credit. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, though. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow's contract. Did you give a Pegasus kid this time, by the way? Uh, is that who yeah. you saw Russell Liker? Yeah, I think he. I think he was always uh, in Japan. I think he was always Pegasus Kid. Uh, which, by the I'm way, I'm gonna I just think, say, I think spoiler. I don't think he comes right to WCW. I think he goes DCW and then. Yeah, he makes like, he wrong. makes a stop there for a while. Pim Pim Bigelow's contract with New Japan and by extension WCW runs out on January 4th, and he will be going to the WWF as a top heel at that point. I'm actually in that period right now of my uh, binge watching in 93. Actually, about to finish finish 93. I'm about to start 94. Is he at WrestleMania? He's at 9, isn't he? He's not at 9. He's there. He's supposed to wrestle Kamala, but they canceled the match. But he's there. Oh, no. He was on the card. He was on the card. (laughs) Now WrestleMania 9 is going to suck. But yes, to answer your question, he was on the card. <laughs> oh man! Uh, well, I just I just got through that part when they were advertising it. I'm like, oh, this never happened because they were talking about it, like on Superstars building up to it and the so It's kind of heartbroken. If only that match had taken place, it would have saved everything. <laughs> uh. Oh man! Uh, he's obviously at ten. He wrestles. Doink? Right? Well, I haven't wrestled Doink and Dink, but yes. Yeah, okay. And uh, at 11, obviously, he wrestles LT. Remember the headline? Yeah. yeah. That's uh, worth noting. It's a headline. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I don't remember about 12. He's not 12. Not at 12, he's, okay. I think he's gone by then. Is he? 
Yeah, oh, his last right. match was. His, he was. He never came back. Uh, his last match was against Gold Dust. I want to say Survivor Series. No. Oh, okay. Ninety-five. Yeah. Oh wow! He left that early. Yeah, and then he. I believe I so. Now he was in ECW for a while. Like I didn't realize how long he was in ECW. That actually, actually later on in his career, that might have been his best stuff. Yeah. He did. He did some decent stuff in ECW. We crap on ECW for like, you know, yeah, valid reasons. I don't want to. It's only one. Well, I mean, yeah, they, I, right. I never said they didn't do anything though. It's just the bad outweighs the good, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you do so much terrible crap. By the way, uh, we made a short out of it on our YouTube and on our TikTok. If anybody goes and checks it out specifically, but we talked. This was uh, I think like three weeks ago at this point. Uh, we had a story about uh, Rob Van Dam threw a chair at Balls Mahoney in the crowd, and Balls moved, <laughs> it, and the chair hit a, a kid in the crowd and knocked him the hell out. Uh, and you and I were talking about how stupid that was, and you were like, well, there couldn't be a chair mandate, and you were like, well, there's, you know, you're like, well, it's probably a badge of honor to these idiots, and and, uh, and you're all... And you were like, oh, I got hit in the face with a chair and lost some teeth. I'm hardcore. <laughs> Guarantee you they probably did that. <laughs> and, I, and then I started chaining, I'm hardcore. I'm hardcore. Somebody commented <laughs> Somebody commented on our, on our podcast and said that was their favorite part of the news segment was when we were traveling <laughs> on ECW. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. And I'm like, well, at least really, I'm not the uh, only one. Who gets tickled by really, that? Uh, really affirms that our humor gets over like that. <laughs> yeah, but, and our ECW shows draw, so there's that. Uh, That's what I say. You know, first we talk crap about it, we still cover it. So we ignore it. Okay, and we don't crap on all aspects of every show. I mean, I try to be fair. I try to look for good stuff. Hey, sometimes though, they they force us to, to be fair. But yeah, I don't yeah. go into it. I can't wait to crap on this crap. I honestly go into it because I don't like to watch crap. I go into it hoping there's something good to talk about. It just normally isn't. Also, since we're on this real quick, I want to point out, we we don't... I mean, usually I can remember. I can tell you, TJ does not like look at it and goes, oh, I'm going to review this. This looks like a good ECW show. No, he just picks it. Because it was OCD with the years. 5, 10, 15. But, you know, I can tell you, I don't think you've ever said, hey, this match, this paper has this match on it. We should do this one. You've never said that. You just pick the show. It's worth noting that. It's not like we're picking it. We just pick them. So there what we been, get might be crap. We don't know. It might be good. We don't know. There have been some where I'm like, well, here's these ECW shows we could do. Um, here's the top match. This one looks like the best out of the three. What do you think? And that's usually when I throw stuff at the wall and which one sticks. You know? Okay, that's so what we're doing. Right. Uh, the point being, like we do the horribly sticky shows, we don't really know ahead of time that it's gonna be this bad. Right. So we're not picking. Oh, let's do. Uh, it, this isn't Seinfeld. <laughs> Stupidest one I can think of. <laughs> but we just take that. Just like, oh, we'll do this one. It might be good. It's probably crap. Right. New Japan Pro Wrestling, meanwhile, is looking for a top American heel to replace Vader because they feel that. They can take any stiff and turn him into a top star like they did with Vader and Scott Norton. Hercules appears yeah, to be... Yeah, I was going to say! Like Scott Norton! Well, Hercules okay. appears oh. to be their target. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> yeah. Scott Norman was good. Decent. <laughs> you mean to tell me Hercules wasn't oh. good? No, he was the drizzling craps. <laughs> I, I hate saying that because I know he's passed away, but he was not good. How dare you? Oddly gonna... enough, though, he was one of the wrestlers I cosplayed when I was a kid. He used to get the chain and swing it around the damn parking lot and almost hit cars and get in hella trouble for it. But um, So I did do that. But looking back as an adult, man, he was bad. I'm sorry. Well, you know, Greg, you saying that is going to anger Hercules' fan. <laughs> yeah, Paul Roma. <laughs> uh, you know, I might have to retract. He's, he's, he did a story on uh, someone's podcast. He said sometimes he goes to the gym. He, uh, he said he sees Hercules and works out with him. Like in spirit. I can't laugh at that. Yeah. That's that's cool. I heard he was a super nice guy. Even Jim Cornette says he was like super nice. I'm sure he was. I mean, you know, again, I'm going to put another disclaimer in here because I feel like we have to because idiots don't get it. Nobody's talking bad about the man. Talking about the wrestler. Right. I like the one story he told about like there was a uh, fan who started crap and they took him backstage and he was like resisting or something like that. Hercules like open hand slapped the guy like across a room in the wall, knocked like knocked his ass out. And uh Cornet was like, Why do you slap him? And he's like, Oh Jimmy. He's like, I don't want to punch him. I might have killed him. <laughs> and he's like, he's All right then. Man, but it's Hercules for a reason. It's not like some flyweight. Yeah, like right. Large human being. <laughs> And he's the first Mexican uh, Hercules, by the way. That's true. <laughs> Some uh, blonde white boy. No. Wow. But for anybody that doesn't know, God, his that, last name was... That Disney, movie. that Disney movie sucked, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> that Disney Hercules. Are you talking about the cartoon? That. Yes, that was crap. How dare uh, you? That was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Oh, God. Now you're growing up, so now you can see it with better eyes. And I still love it. How did James Woods is Hades? Come on, man. Freaking That's an amazing what? game on the Xbox, by the way, and the Switch. Go play Hades. But wow. One of the little demons was voiced by Bobcat Goldweight. I mean, come on. This keeps getting better. You're just helping me not like it more. Thank you. Ah, God, I'm moving on. Stop, <laughs> uh, by the if, way. Everything's coming to the MCU, and I am excited about that. So, <laughs> well, since Terry Taylor was rejected by the WWF, like me on a prom night, uh, he might end up in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, ain't gonna back in the WWE, yeah, actually. Yeah, this uh, is '92. Yeah, he's in the World Rumble '93, so he's definitely on his way back. Doesn't he just come back as Terry Taylor? Terrific, Terry Taylor. But yes. I think this is the time that Bruce Pritchard was talking about. He comes back as himself. Uh, still coming out to the Red Rooster theme, by the way, which is weird. Oh, uh, yes, but without the cockatoo do stuff, yes. Oh, well, then. Uh, but he comes out, and he gets on the mic, and his first night back, he says, I'm back, and somebody in the crowd goes, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Yeah. Did you think we were going to forget, dude? It kills him dead. Like, some people can get over stuff, and some people can't. Like, Bray Wyatt, his first night as Bray Wyatt on Raw, the crowd chanted Husky Harris, like, very loudly. But it, like, he was very good as Bray Wyatt, and the crowd stopped chanting that after, like, one night. 
it, it died really quickly. But nobody's going to forget that you were the red freaking rooster when you're just kind of a job guy. <laughs> oh, I think back to Joey Styles at ECW when I stand. When uh, Nova took like, a chair to the head. So that hurts more than being Simon Dean on TV. And like, someone always talking about the rooster. What? That hurts more than being the red rooster on TV. <laughs> Well, it's like um, what's his name? Um, uh, like the only people, the only reason anybody, you know, quit chaining Albert at Tenzai was because they gave him a worse gimmick with Sweet Tea, <laughs> so they could mock him for that. <sighs> and now he's the most celebrated trainer in all wrestling, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, well, here we go with this one. Speaking of Hulk Hogan, uh, the Hulk Hogan deal with New Japan. Were we? Well, we were talking about him earlier being gone from WWF. Uh, the Hulk Hogan deal with New Japan Pro Wrestling hasn't been signed yet, but New Japan is already talking about Hogan versus Antonio Inoki, because, of course, as the main event of the Tokyo Dome show in January, the holdup is that they're already selling out without Hogan, so he's actually in kind of a tough negotiation Ouch. position. Yeah. Like, you need me, brother, but we don't need you, but you do, brother. Uh, 1992, he's not in WWE. You can be arguing, he may need them. Yeah. I think he does pop up in New Japan. I, I know he does some he stuff with them yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I, I know he does some stuff with them before going to WCW. His matches are actually pretty good. He does some stuff with Great Muda, so uh, that was fun. Oh, it's Great Muda. Oh, well, yeah, but still. I say, oh, that's kind of a good match for Kurt Angle. No, no crap. <laughs> yeah, but Hulk Hogan busts out an enziguri and stuff like that, dude. So I get like, uh, but and he anyway. doesn't use like the axe bomber. Yeah, right. Uh, Terry Funk is negotiating to come into FMW to replace the Sheik. <laughs> well then, Sheik's looking so hard. I guess that's kind of an upgrade. I mean, I mean, it is Terry. Terry Funk. Yeah, Terry Funk is. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this is still 92, so Terry Funk's still got some gas in the tank. Um, and even in their prime, Terry Funk... This is literally when he was middle-aged and crazy, right? Yeah, right. Not to disparage the, you know, the na I know he's passed away, so not to disparage the Sheik or anything, but seriously, like, the Sheik was never known as, like, a, an amazing wrestler. Like, he beat people up and cut them up and made them bleed and threw a fireball in their face. Like, now, the Iron that was the pretty damn good wrestler. Yeah. Literally. Right, yeah. Uh, last story I have here is not really, I mean, it's related to wrestling, but it's not wrestling. It's just ridiculous. Uh, we touched on this earlier with Lex Luger, but Muscle Mag International confirmed last month's story about all the WBF bodybuilders failing steroid tests six weeks before the drug-free promote, uh, show promoted by Vince. No! In fact, their suspension was for six weeks and just so happened to end right before the pay-per-view show. Uh, that didn't stop the WWF from promoting them as drug-free even during their suspension as they tried to build up the show. <sighs> That's so funny. Not to get off course, but uh, right now where I am, I'm binge-watching Back 93. They're doing the whole thing with Luger saying just say no drugs. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
well, my thing here is just like, are they? They're saying, well, they're drug free. It's like, well, they're drug free now. <laughs> well, they're not doing crack with their own engines. Yeah, it's like, well, they're, they're steroid free at this time. <laughs> they're they're in the part of their cycle where they're laying off. Semantics now. During this very announcement on TV at this second, they are not doing drugs. Hey, fair's fair. Yeah, right. I mean, they didn't technically lie. But anyway, enough about that. We are going to take our next break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the event at hand here. It is SummerSlam 92, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages, this is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. We're back. What's up? It's WWF SummerSlam 1992 from August 29th, 1992, and it aired on August 31st, 1992. Whole two days later, actually. Uh, the tagline. That's weird. Why would just like later on in the day they recorded this? And it's like <laughs> I know. It's like or... they have to send the tape back. I, I... also I'm still I confused as to why it didn't just air live here. Hey, it's gonna come out two in the morning here. Just you know. Because keep in mind, we are pay-per-views live here. Over there, it's like 2 in the morning. Well, they stay yeah. live there. Why couldn't it work the other way? Just curious. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's weird. 
But the tagline was, The SummerSlam you thought you'd never see. The venue is Wembley Stadium in London, England, and the attendance was a disputed by Uncle Dave, 80,355. Because he was at the door. Oh, yeah, he had his little... Oh, yeah, well, actually, I stood there at the door, and I had my little clicker, and when people walked through the door, I was like, click, click, click. Well, I don't know. I might have missed one or two. Uh, <laughs> the pay-per-view buy rate was 280000 That's a pretty good damn number right there. But we start the show off. Show uh, off before you go, before you start, I want to know, what is this? I never understood the when you thought you'd never see. What, what the hell does that mean? Uh, I assume they mean uh, SummerSlam in England. Yeah, that still makes no sense to me. No one's ever looked at a venue for wrestling show. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I assume they mean oh, the SummerSlam you thought you'd never see, you know, because it's 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 in you know you, you never see it in England. I don't know. That's it. It's the only thing I can think of. I'd uh, like, it's the one you thought you'd never see because you know COVID happened and it was all off. It's the one I thought I'd never see. Something like that. Not the venue. We start off showing fans celebrating outside before SummerSlam, and then we get what looks like an old-school royal band procession playing to open the show. After this, we go to Vince McMahon standing by with Bobby the Brain Heenan, who puts on a big-ass crown to match his goofy-ass suit. Uh, Vince asks what Bobby's doing with that ridiculous crown and says that the only thing royal about Heenan is that he's a royal pain. How go? Uh. Yeah. We now go to our first match here. It is Money Incorporated of Ted DiBiase and IRS with Jimmy Hart in our corner taking on the Legion of Doom, Road Warrior Animal, and Hawk with Paul Ellering in their corner. And Rocco, I guess. Uh, this goes for the 15... Driving the bike. <laughs> uh, this goes for about 15 minutes. That was classic, dude, when he said that. No, the dummy's <laughs> driving the bike. <laughs> uh, before the match, IRS grabs the mic and says that the British tax cheats put all the burden on the royal family. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so effed up. <laughs> when the LOD's music hits, the roof would have been blown off this building if there was a roof on the building. Yeah. In the end, they were hot and ready before for that, we, man. Before we uh, talk about that, you know the little story about uh, Hawk in this match? Apparently he's like really strung out, and he parks the bike too close to Animal and burns half of his pant leg off. Seriously? Yeah, I went back and looked. I couldn't see the pant leg burn, but apparently Animal said... His whole pant leg was burned off because the exhaust pipe from the bike hit, hit his oh. foot when he got off. Oh, crap. And Hawk damn. was so messed up. That's, man, that's bad. This yeah. is not the first time you hear about somebody being messed up in this show. Stay tuned. Why, why was it like, oh, yeah, let's go to England, have SummerSlam, and uh, do a bunch of drugs? <laughs> like, what the hell, man? I know. But in the end, IRS saved DiBiase from the Doomsday device, but some miscommunication led the two men to collide. Animal then hits a power slam on the Million Dollar Man for the win. Uncle Dave said this was an average match with super heat. He gives it two and a quarter stars. I gave it an even two. What say you? I gave it two. It was fine. Uh, this is Hawk's last match until 
what, 97 in AFE? Oh, damn. Yeah. He leaves, and Animal almost gets his neck broken by the Beverly Brothers by accident in a house show or something. Ow. Yep. <sighs> that sucks. I wonder if this is when... Because I don't know the timeline of the LODs. I know at one point they, they break up, and Hawk goes to New Japan, and... That's right gets, here. Uh, okay, yeah, because Hawk yeah. goes to New Japan and gets... Uh, the Power Warrior is his partner. <laughs> and then uh, and they become the Hellraisers. That was something. But anyway, we now we now go backstage with uh, me, Gene Okerlund, standing by with the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Flair says that he was denied his title opportunity tonight to become the number one contender for the WWF title, and everyone knows it. Gene asks why he's dressed to compete, and Flair says that you've always got to be ready for action. Though he's John Cena before there was See? John Cena. See, yeah, I was like just Cena. There's some Cena this whole time. Yeah, right. Uh, when Gene asks Flair if Mr. Perfect will be in Macho Man or Ultimate Warrior's corner tonight, Flair chuckles and won't answer. He's, he just says, he's in the dressing room. The dressing room of the winner. Woo! <laughs> I like that one. He, he said, oh, he's in his dressing room. Oh, who's dressing room? The dressing room of the winner. Woo! I thought that was clever. We now go to... Winner. Right. We now go to join Sean Mooney, standing by with Virgil, who is shadowboxing and getting ready for nails. Uh, Virgil says that he's too legit to quit tonight. <laughs> there's, a, there's a dated reference for you right there, huh? Right. Uh, and Sean Mooney says that crime will not pay tonight. So, Hunter okay. Virgil, him and Nails are what sold this baby out, man. Right. By the way... I thought Instagram, don't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> By the yeah, way... All the meat sauce in the world, man. Oh, shit. Wow. I know the semantics, but if you were released from prison and you get a job as a wrestler, why are you continuing to wear your jumpsuit? And why <sighs> did the prison let you Dude, I it? was... I was eight years old this time. And, like, you know... <laughs> I don't know how wrestling works. I'm watching like, why is he still wearing that suit? Like, yeah. he's in jail. Or he's that not in jail anymore. Why is he wearing the suit? And they don't, and it's not like they let you keep it. Like, I, I don't or know. why would you want Right, it's not a souvenir. But up next, we get Nails versus Virgil in about four minutes. Uh, why does Nails always have a look on his face like he's actively holding in diarrhea? I said he's got a look on his face like he just ate something nasty. Almost like Trevor Murdoch. <laughs> There's that. I just... He's like, somebody better get out of the bathroom now or I'm going to have an accident. Uh, he, I, I, I said he may be a worse wrestler than Nick Gage. Uh, no, I, don't, no I, I gotta disagree. Because we actually see him do a couple of quote-unquote moves in this. Nick Gage can't do anything without weapons. Sure, we'll call those moves. Uh, well, I, I, I clearly set it up to say somewhat of a move. Yeah. Well, in the end, Nails wins with the ugliest-looking sleeper hold ever. Uh, I, Uncle Dave and I both gave this half a star. Well, I mean, this is the match that sold it out, so we were there, they were there for. How do you not give this five? Oh my gosh. One star. 
brutal. This this sucked ass. Uh, and then after the match, Virgil saying too legit to quit was the highlight of this match, and that wasn't even part of the match. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> after the match, Nails beats Virgil up with Boss Big Boss Man's nightstick. There's that. Uh, we now go backstage. I, uh, I just this day. Why wasn't that like the match here? I get that he attacked Boss Man, but why wouldn't you build that towards this? They get they have SummerSlam, so saving it for the Survivor Series and putting up. Nice thing on the pole, bro. Because you got to get Virgil on the card, Greg. Gosh. Questioning it. Rick Flair wasn't doing anything. They could have had him on there. I'm against him, but whatever. See that, Mark. We now go backstage to Lord Alfred Hayes beating on the Macho Man's dressing room door. He says that he's been investigating the whereabouts of Mr. Perfect. He can't confirm where he's been, but he can say that Macho Man's door has been locked all day. We now send this was a staple back then, if you, if you think about it. Can't, can't yeah. get in the locker room talk to the one guy. They've been saying every pay-per-view back then. I know. All the damn time. We now send it to Mean Gene Okerlund standing by with Sensational Sherry, who was oh, who has went back and forth with the model Rick Martel. We don't know if they've been flirting. No, or no relation. <laughs> uh, not knowing if they've been flirting or distracting each other. They put over the fact that Martel and Shawn Michaels agreed not to hit each other in the face tonight during their match. That leads us to this. It is the model Rick Martel versus the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels with Sensational Sherry in his corner. Uh, it goes for about eight minutes. Martel slides out of the ring to hug Sherry at one point. Partway through this one, Rick and Sean start slapping each other while Sherry begs them to stop and then faints. Both men go outside of the ring, and Martel does chest compressions on Cherry or Sherry until Sean shoves him. They shove each other until Sean socks Rick in the face. Both men get counted out. Uncle Dave said the timing was great. The storyline was incredibly dumb. He gives it a half a star. I thought... For the actual wrestling that was done, I gave it two stars. What say you? Oh, went back and forth, but I'm to give you two. It wasn't bad. It was, to my knowledge, at least that's my view, the first time two heels ever face off. So, I guess that's pretty kind of funny. Yeah. Kind of historic. And these two were great wrestlers. I would have liked to see more out of them here. The stipulation sucked. I don't know. Well, the men end up brawling up the ramp, and Sean takes uh, Martel out before putting Sherry over his shoulders and carrying her. Rick Martel runs back and knocks Sean down, dropping Sherry. Rick then picks her up. Sean knocks him down, and Rick drops Sherry. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Sean carries her again. Rick goes to the back, comes back with a bucket of water, and throws it all over Sherry. Two men then brawl to the back as Sherry throws a fit. How did that shoot me on TV, by the way, man? I know, right? That was uh, a whole lot of ass. Well, I'm not complaining, but this was 1992. Maybe because it was pay-per-view? I don't know. But... We now, unfortunately, go back to the locker rooms with Sean Mooney standing by with the Nasty Boys. 
and Jimmy Hart. The Nasty Boys how, laugh. How did you say it like that? The Nasty Boys. As opposed uh, to, to the Nasty Girls. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Nasty Boys laughed about what happened to Sherry before saying that they should be number one contenders for the tag titles. They jumped around, scream, shout, and are basically the garbage pail kids come to life. They are, oddly enough, about to turn base, too. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I just... Ugh. We now go to the natural disasters of Earthquake and Typhoon, defending the WWF World Tag Team titles against the Beverly Brothers of Bo and Blake Beverly, with the genius in their corner... This goes for ten and a half minutes. We got the brother of the Macho Man and the father of Von Wagner in the same match. Story. Oh, hell yeah! And then on the other side of the ring, you've got Golga and the Shockmaster. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, tugboat. Yeah, tugboat and the Shark. Dude, they've yeah. been an awesome tag team. Tugboat and the shark? Wow. That would have worked. Perfect. Yeah, right? But the genius Damn, man. I should have had a tugboat a week now because I, I have the shark one. Perfect together. Yeah, right? We're going to need a bigger tugboat. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, absolutely perfect. It, it breaks it itself, man. <laughs> uh, anyway. God, this is dumb. Uh, the genius reads a stupid poem before the match, and the crowd. Are you is, sure? The crowd stupid. has never been so damn quiet since the opening bell rang. Uh, in the end, earthquake hits the earthquake splash on one of the damn Beverly Brothers. I don't know which. Uh, earthquake, or I'm sorry, uh, Uncle Dave says this was terrible, mostly the fault of Typhoon. <laughs> wow, he gives he gives a full star. I like how he's able to pinpoint the one. <laughs> he's always hated Typhoon. He he has always said Fred Ottman oh, sucks. He's not that bad. I mean, I'm not saying he's good, but we've seen way worse. He, if you follow anything he has ever written about Fred Ottman throughout his entire career, he has followed him around, crapping on him. So, but he gives a star. I hell if I know. Maybe he ate his pop. Maybe he. Uh, Maybe he, he ate his popsicle or something one day. I don't know. But Uncle Dave gave it a star. I gave it a star and a half. Let's say you. A star. I gave it a star and a half because the Beverly Brothers got something out of these big asses. They actually weren't that bad of a team. No, I like, I, I, I mean. They the, just didn't appeal to nobody. Right, the gimmick sucked. But after the what match, has Shaker Heights, by the way, in Ohio? No clue. I knew you were going to ask. I have no clue. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that place. It's got to be like one of the rich places. Because they're all stuck up. Shirts, you know, better than you. I don't know. It's got the name. It's got the word Heights at the end of it. So you might be wrong. <laughs> That's true. Uh, after the match, though, the genius gets on the apron to complain and was pulled into the ring by the natural disasters before being dumped back outside the ring. So that makes sense. But we now get yet another lovely waste of time backstage with Mean Gene Okerlund standing by with the Bushwhackers. 
They say something yeah. about have. They say something about having a royal meal, sitting on the royal throne, taking a royal dump, finishing with a royal flush, and not washing the royal hands. Yeah, well, yeah, I can attest to all that. <laughs> allegedly. Well, allegedly, about I saw it my own eyes. <laughs> well, most of it. You didn't actually see the deed being done, but you know you can kind of assume. Oh, uh, he came out of the bathroom pulling his out of the stall pulling his pants up and put his belt on. So he, oh god, you know, don't get me wrong, it was like showing anything, but you can see that he's still like trying to get it together. <laughs> yeah, your imagination can fill in the rest. We now go back to Lord Alfred Hayes outside of the locker room of the Ultimate Warrior. We know that it's his locker room because it appears that a child cut out the Ultimate Warrior's logo from construction paper and taped it to the, to the door. <laughs> that always got me. Not a name or anything. It's got to be a logo. I'll try right. him. Uh, Lord Alfred says that he's checking on where Mr. Perfect is, and he's going to, quote, breach his code of ethics and barge in without knocking. He then starts to open the door and gets it slammed in his face. Alfred then acts indignant like they were the ones being rude to him. He was very, very proper British. Right. And that accent alone was very lifestyles of the rich and famous. Uh, if people don't know what that is, throw in your Google machine. But up <laughs> next, we get uh, Repo Man versus Crush. Because this deserved SummerSlam exposure. Well, yeah, it's just funny because I want to point out, I think it was the last SummerSlam, they were on a team and completely different Holy God, I, for, I didn't even think about this. Yeah, it's Demolition <laughs> yeah. Axe and Demolition Crush. Or yeah. Smash, I'm sorry, not Axe. Smash and Crush, yeah. Wow. Uh, well. Oh, I think that's, oh. My, Maybe I think it's SummerSlam, it's in the past year, so. Right. I, I, my first note is, I can't believe some of this undercard they had to sit through. Uh, yeah. it was finally, uh, you know, we, what we don't see on here, by the way, I believe, uh, is it? Papa Shango and Tito Santana? Something like that. It's worth pointing out that happened too. So just add oh, to yeah. it. Because <laughs> they hate England. <laughs> it was finally getting dark in England during this time, I noticed. In the end, Repo Man comes off the top rope and gets caught with a power slam, crushed, and locks in the. Did he call it the skull crush or the crush? I thought they I called know. it the headbutts. Head, I don't know. I thought he just called it the crush or whatever. But either way, that move, and he wins via submission. Uncle Dave said that Crush is being built up as the new Superman character and sold nothing, so this was pretty bad. He gave it a quarter of a star. <laughs> that damn bad. I gave it a star and a half. Let's say you. I gave, I gave it one. And they actually were building him up, but for some reason they just decided, never mind, he's going to be a heel now. F it. F it. We'll, we'll heal him up. F it. Right. We now go backstage again with me, Gene Okerlin. He shows us clips of face-offs between Macho Man Randy Savage and the Ultimate Warrior involving Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect as well. Mean Gene says that both men are convinced that Mr. Perfect will be in the other man's corner, so we'll see what happens up next. And that leads us to this. It is the Macho Man Randy Savage defending the WWF World's Heavyweight title against the Ultimate Warrior in 28 minutes. Uh... This match honestly gets overshadowed by the main event for obvious reasons, but was a really big deal with gigantic stars while Hulk Hogan was absent. 
Not sure who decided that the Ultimate Warrior should go for nearly half an hour, though. Uh, these two look like oh, company. Yeah. Uh, I did say it kind of looked like these, uh, like the opening credits for Saved by the Bell threw up on these guys. <laughs> oh, they're just yeah, they're super nineties neon glow in the dark. Yeah, uh, Uncle Dave said that the warrior has shrunk like crazy down about to about two twenty five, uh, looking like Brian Pillman but without the wrestling ability. Wow. Good lord. Shut up. I call BS on on two twenty five. Uh, halfway through this one, Ric Flair and a bow tie wearing Mr. Perfect make their way to the ring as Savage and Warrior trade near falls. Mr. Perfect trips uh, Macho Man at one point, leading commentary to believe that the Warrior paid him off. Later on, the ref gets bumped. Mr. Perfect picks the Warrior up, holds him, and Ric Flair punches a Warrior with brass knuckles. Savage then nails the flying elbow drop, but Warrior manages to kick out. Warrior goes for his splash, but Mr. Perfect trips him, and Flair hits him with a chair. Uh, Macho Man kicks Mr. Perfect, and then goes for Flair, but Flair hits him with a chair to the knee. This leads to Savage being counted out of the ring, and that's the end of the match. Uncle Dave gives it four stars. I gave it three. What say you? I gave it three only because I've seen a five star with these two before. Which was previous year? Yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah, it was so, many, uh, eight or seven. seven. Yeah, seven. seven. Yeah, so. Yeah, this one's pretty good. Yeah. These two had, had pretty good. He was, uh, Savage. I don't know. Would you say Savage was Warrior's best opponent, quality wise? Oh, God, yeah. It's between him and Rude, but I would say Savage. Yeah. Some good, some good ass stuff there, man. Good but stuff, it, pal. <laughs> As soon as the bell rings, Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect jump Randy Savage and beat him down. Ultimate Warrior grabs a steel chair and chases Just him to the back. Just make us believe it was, it was the Warrior, by the way. Right. Until the Warrior grabs a steel chair and chases him to the back, as Savage crawls into the ring, the Warrior comes back to the ring and seems upset by the countout win and the fact that Savage is still the champion. He goes and rips the WWF title away from the referee and hands it to Savage, holding his hand up for victory. For some reason, they play the Ultimate Warriors theme as Warrior helps Savage to the back. Because it's better. Well, okay, I I know why now. He I I didn't even think about it. He did win the match via countout, so that explains it. I didn't think about it until just now. <laughs> Duh. But anyway, I now go back to what looks like the showers with me and Gene Okerlund standing by with uh, Ric Flair and Mister Perfect. Uh, who says that the deal the whole time was with Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect, no one else. That was plan A, because the title shot should have went to Flair all along. Flair tells Savage the title is coming back to him, So, and they just keep wooing back and forth. Uh, it does, though. He's not lying. It comes back to him. Yep. Because of uh, help from the debuting, Scott Hall, who apparently left because Bill lost as an idiot. Got it. Yep. So, cool time in WWF, actually. I mean, yeah, Hogan's not around, but still. Uh, back in the ring, Howard Finkel introduces Dr. Harvey Whippleman. Whippleman then does... It's more like Dr. Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Whippleman then does the introductions for Kamala for reasons. By the way... What was this thing? Nah. Well... 
in case anybody wondered, no one gave a damn. <laughs> after, no. Kamala, after Kamala comes out, The Undertaker's gong hits, and the crowd explodes! He rides to and the ring. has one of the coolest entrances ever. Oh, yeah. He rides to the ring on the back of a hearse, while for some reason they make the short, fat pallbearer walk to the ring carrying the urn. I actually thought that was a nice touch. I mean, don't get me wrong, he was fine, and at this time he could still walk perfectly fine. He had not. I just, them. It's just, I just funny. I think, I think it added to it, actually. Yeah. I just, I just thought it was funny. It's like, yeah, let's put the big, tall athlete on the back of the hearse to make the short, fat guy walk in front of the vehicle. <laughs> but the roly poly has to call him. Wow. Uh, but this one is Kamala with Kim Chi and Dr. Harvey Whippleman in his corner taking on The Undertaker with Paul Bearer in his corner. And it went about three and a half minutes. Kim Chi and Whippleman get involved a few times, but Undertaker keeps thwarting their attempts. In the end, The Undertaker gets Kamala up for a tombstone, but Kim Chi runs in and hits The Undertaker, drawing a disqualification. Why was this needed? Because he couldn't tombstone Kamala. I don't understand why just this was on the card, other than they were like, well, we need to get The Undertaker on here for something. Well, they were a few. But, I mean, there was, it was a long thing with them. Yeah. And Kamala just, was scared of them. And... Yeah, just like, it was it? Three and a half minutes? Like, all right, whatever. But Uncle Dave gave it a negative star. I gave it a half a star. Let's say you. Give yeah, it one. The entrance was better than the match. <laughs> I feel like right. the entrance is, by the way, were longer than the match. But... Yeah, I know. That's sad. Well, I after like the match. The afterbirth. <laughs> after the match, the Undertaker attacks Kim Chi and Kamala saves him. Uh, he then slams The Undertaker and repeatedly splashes him from the middle and top ropes. When Kamala goes to leave, Paul Bearer raises the urn, and The Undertaker sits up. Kamala runs away in fear. Bearer then leads The Undertaker to go after Kamala all the way to the back. To the back! To the back! Dude, when I was a kid, man, it was one of my favorite moments ever. Yeah, I loved anything The Undertaker was involved in, so I ate all this stuff. I mean, at this time, I didn't watch wrestling. I was two, so... <laughs> Do you, do you know who Kim Chi was, by the way? Uh, wasn't it the Brooklyn Brawler? I, think, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. But after this... So there was a go... point where he was Kim Chi and Doink, by the way. It's like at the same time. Heffin' nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Earning that paycheck, bro. But after this, we go to Sean Mooney. They gotta buy themselves. But... Wow. <laughs> We go to Sean Mooney standing by with a British Bulldog in the locker rooms. The Bulldog says that he's facing a lot of family pressure from his family about the match, but he didn't make this match. However, he did fight hard to get here, and when he gets in the ring, as far as he's concerned, Brett's a stranger. We now go to Mean Gene Okerlund standing by with Brett the Hitman Hart. Brett says that he's proven himself under pressure, and if not for him, the Bulldog wouldn't be where he is now. He says that after he's done with the British Bulldog, tomorrow he'll be thinking he's waking up in the dungeon of Windsor Castle. We're back out in the arena now, where they introduce a bagpipe team before introducing Rowdy Roddy Piper. The crowd friggin' blows for this. Piper performs with the team as the crowd cheers them on. I thought this was going to lead to something else, but this was kind of it. It turns out, I believe this is his farewell for a while. He doesn't come back until WrestleMania 10. Yeah, it kind of sucks. I always love Piper. 
But after this, we go to Sean Mooney at ringside, standing by with Diana Hart-Smith. She says that she knows what this match is all about, and she's worried that she's getting between her brother and her husband. She's giving good answers, and you can tell that she's taking this whole thing seriously and not as a joke, but she's getting pretty long-winded and has to be cut off quite a bit. But that takes us to our main event, so we're going to take our second-to-last break here. When we come back, it's a main event time right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go movie. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah. Yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Hey, 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 it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Main event time. It is Brett the Hitman Hart defending the WWF Intercontinental title against the British Bulldog in just over 25 and a half minutes. Bulldog is accompanied to the ring by boxer Lennox Lewis. Uh, I counted three times where I actively winced seeing how Bulldog either dropped Brett or was completely out of place for something. However, uh, so really quick, earlier I mentioned the uh, thing with Hawk. So Brett says that Bulldog was really messed up in this whole match. Yeah. So um, the fact that he's about to be leaving in October, or he's going to get fired, I think he's wrong. Well, why? Uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't there. But. <sighs> Yep, and then he shows up in WCW, and yeah, that's a whole thing. He helps introduce, helps introduce the Shockmaster. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, if I will say, if Brett wouldn't have revealed that Bulldog was supposedly coming down off of a high, uh, I wouldn't have assumed that there was, like, the, I would have just assumed these yeah. were, like, normal botches. Part of me hates that, too. That's kind of dirty. You should just shut your mouth on that, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. That shark's his own ego, though. Oh, I, I carried it. It was loaded to a good match. <laughs> you did, but you could have just taken that to your grave and been proud of yourself. But whatever. And the only other thing is it's not like this stuff was, you know, a big secret about Bulldog doing this kind of crap. So, I mean, if it was, that would have been really messed up. But, yeah. Uh, but either yeah. way. Yeah. But Brett kicks out of a running power slam at one point. Bulldog gets to the uh, to the ropes to break the sharpshooter. In the end, uh, Brett tries for a sunset flip. Bulldog sits on the shoulders of Brett and hooks the legs for the pinfall win. The crowd absolutely erupts for the Bulldog victory. Uncle Dave said the match. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Uh, Uncle Dave said that the match had super heat, and the crowd was booing Brett. This was. Also, one of Brett's best performances ever, as he had to carry the match from start to finish. <sighs> yeah, as if Bulldog had no talent. Uh, Dave would compare it to the rude Chono NWA tournament final match, which I have yeah, never of course seen. he does, which is very it's something obscure, you know, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> God. Uh, he gave it four and a half stars. They gave it three and a half. Let's see you. I gave this a solid five, considering all the circumstances. Oh, wow. This is one of the best SummerSlam matches ever. Really damn good, I'll say that. I definitely loved it. Brett and SummerSlam go yeah, together like... I like, it more, actually liked it more than Brett and Mr. Perfect. Like, everyone talks that one up. I thought this was better, personally. Oh, well. Yeah, Brett and SummerSlam go together like uh, lamb and tuna fish. Go together like lamb and tuna fish. Lamb and tuna fish? Maybe you like spaghetti and meatball? Be more comfortable with that analogy? Yes, considering we're in America. I mean, if you don't like spaghetti and meatballs, why don't you get the hell out? <laughs> God. Uh, after... <laughs> why don't you get a freaking Farley or Sandler movie reference in here? <laughs> Every time, man. <laughs> after the match, the British Bulldog tears up and offers Brett, uh, Brett Hart his hand. Uh, Bret Hart starts to walk off, and Diana, with tears in her eyes, begs him not to. He eventually turns around and shakes Bulldog's hand and hugs him. The crowd blows up as Diana gets in, and they all pose together and hug. The pyro blows as we close SummerSlam 1992. Uncle Dave sums up SummerSlam thusly. It was a two-match show. They only wanted a two-match show, and both matches were excellent. Overall, the show was a strong thumbs up for the two big matches, even though the rest was kind of crap. Plus, the crowd was enthusiastic, and all of the non-main event stuff was kept short, and you've got a winner. I can't totally disagree with that. I mean, I don't say it was all, like, the rest of it was complete crap, but, I mean, yeah, the rest of it was pretty short, so it was inoffensive. Especially when compared, though. When compared, was it crap? Yes, probably. But no, I think it was crap. For sure. Yeah, for sure. That brings us to our final break. On the other end of this, we're going to tell you the final ratings and uh, what's coming up next week on the podcast right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. 
This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. If you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this 7.3 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 7.79 out of 10. I gave it 7.5 out of 10 because, yeah, it was a two-match show and both matches delivered. What say you? I think I'm right there with you. Maybe even a B-minus. Yeah, it was was good for what it was. Uh, I liked both matches. The storylines were good, so... Virtual nails, you know, sold that place out. Oh, well, of course. That, that's what everybody came to see. Half that, you know, whatever. <laughs> that was worth the price of admission right there. God. Anyway. Too legit to quit. That was so dumb. But that it's is our... the hottest song in the world at that, that point. I'm sure it was. <laughs> but that is our second of three SummerSlams. 
in two weeks, we've got our last SummerSlam of the month. It's SummerSlam 2002. That's coming up on August 31st. One of the Next... greatest pay-per-views of all time. Oh, yeah. I've seen it multiple times. Looking forward to watching it again. It's an amazing show. Uh, start to finish, by the way, is an amazing show. Next week, though, is Double Main Event Week. We're bringing you a double dose of WCW. Hope you guys are ready. I gotta watch the shows back. I still haven't watched them yet. August 24th, on Wednesday, we're bringing you Clash of the Champions 35. The significance of that one is it's the final Clash ever. And then, for the bonus show next Friday, it's WCW Nitro from August 4th, 1997. That is the 100th Nitro, where Alex Luger makes Hulk Hogan, or excuse me, Hollywood Hogan, tap out to, or submit, tap out, whatever, to the torture rack, and he becomes the WCW World's Heavyweight Champion. He wins a big gold! Also, it's in the same exact building where he beat Yokozuna, but by count. <laughs> wow. Nice. It's a nice little factoid. But yeah, man, so that's coming up next week. Big, uh, big stuff going on. August is a great month so far. Good content. Good content, pal. Uh, if anybody hasn't checked it out so far, we, we've got some good YouTube exclusive and uh, I guess it's YouTube slash TikTok exclusive content up right now. If you guys go check out our YouTube and TikTok, you see all that on our link tree. It's linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Other than that, uh, yeah, looking forward to the rest of the month. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we will see you all next week the double dose of WCW for double main event. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 